What is up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Brendo McCormack. Brendo is an entrepreneur, industry leader, expecting father, and all-round legend. Brendo is the face and possibly the brains behind PerfitFam. He's helped countless gyms and fitness professionals improve their online presence, as well as launching Fitify, a dating app connecting fit people. I sat down with Brendo over Zoom to ask him how and why PerfitFam is the success that it is what we as fitness professionals could be doing better and how he got the idea of Fitify from his big, bold brain into the App Store. As always, dudes, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Chuck a screenshot up on your IG. It all helps and I am eternally grateful. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode, shit, man, I always get this wrong, 57, 56, 57, I think. Yeah, it is. Episode 57 of the Smith's Fitness Podcast. Um, the sort of roles are reversed in this one. I've been on Brendo's podcast uh, a while back, or the Perth Fit Fan one, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we're going to get to these things a little bit later. But Brendo's here, and it's time for us to grill him because it's always Brendo doing the grilling <laughs> and people telling Brendo their stories like I did when we ate meat you pies did. and drank chalk milk. Yeah, um, But it's time for us to... To get inside Brendo's head, and uh, and thanks, brother. Out. Yeah, and figure him, a- figure him out, figure this man Wait, out. Um, what was I gonna say? We did. You were on my podcast, so I was on the Mind Muscle Project this morning as well. So the roles have reversed massively for me recently, okay. and I've just spent the time getting interviewed. And like I've just done now, it's really weird because I'm used to running the interview and hijacking it, yep. and usually I'll control it. So it's a little <laughs> bit weird for me. So sorry if I start to like. Um, try and grasp this interview, but no, that's um, all right. I've got plenty of questions from well, my own brain and from other people's brains on Instagram. Um, I'm going to start off. I wouldn't say abrasive, aggressive, but I'm just going to probably ask a question that you get asked, or people will definitely want asked of you. What do you do, man? What do you do? For, <laughs> what do you, no, seriously, what do you do for a living? What, okay, so what do I do for a living or what does my yeah. day look like? Um, okay. No, I, th- I think I people want to know how you earn a living. Yeah, for sure. All right, really good question. I used to get hit up with this all the time. Uh, not so much now, but I definitely used to. So I wear uh, a couple of hats or we can say a few hats within the business realm. Um uh, and the main thing which I do now is Fitify. So that's the dating app for, you know, people who love health and fitness. And, yep. you know, that's around Australia now. And that's what takes the, the majority of my focus. So um, it's Fitify, startup founder. Um, the other thing that I do is I teach fitness business owners uh, marketing and I take them through a program um, because everyone wanted to know from me um, when I ran Perth FitFam. Yep. Everyone wanted to know um, how to... Um, uh, how to how to market their business? So they're you know um, guys like yourself, um, you know, great great facility, great trainers, super passionate, but they just didn't know how to market their gym and they wanted to grow. And so that's what we created a product for. It was the one thing that people know. So the majority of my personal revenue comes from that. Um, so me and my wife, we run that together. And then with the startup side of things, that's where I spend the majority of my time outside of the coaching. Um, I got that question a lot with Perth Fit Fam. And yeah, Perfect Fan was a funny little beast because, yeah, so it was a massive community. And um, when I started it, I actually didn't have 
uh, I didn't have an end goal in mind. I was just, I had a big network. I was a rep for 18 years and I just wanted to showcase all the cool shit that happened within the fitness industry. So I started off like this resharing platform, you know, obviously per fit fam developed yep. into blogs, podcasts and all of that sort of stuff. Built a but, massive but that doesn't necessarily pay the bills, does it? Not yeah, straight away. Well, this is the issue is I never knew because I tried a few different things and I always say, I wish I had my skill set now of what I, what I wish I, I wish I knew what I know now, as far as within business and startup world back then, because I didn't have that end goal. I didn't even look at revenue models. I didn't look at anything. I just created this beast. And um, looking back, it was literally one of the best platforms in Australia. If you're looking at advertising and targeting. So if you were into Perth and into fitness, the yeah. database was that targeted and that strong. And the brand name was that strong. It was literally one of the best advertising platforms yeah. in Australia. That's what, that's so, one so, of the questions I wanted to ask uh, was pretty much what you summed up there is like, with Perth Fit Fam having that great success, yep. what do you put it down to? Was it was it like being a sort of early adopter? Was it having that uh, what would you call it? That niche where it targeted people in Perth into fitness, um, and was that organic? Something that just sort of happened anyway because you were into it and other people got on board, or like. Was it a wing it style or was there a strategy and execution? Because I know if you did it now, there would be a strategy and execution about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, a bit of a combination of both. So I just wanted to showcase all the cool shit, right? And then I didn't actually start that platform. Somebody else had this handle. It wasn't branded or anything. And as soon as I saw it, the first time I saw it, I remember it's like the McDonald's story where Ray Kroc, the first time he saw McDonald's, he knew it was the name. It was exactly the same thing. As soon as I saw that handle, I went, oh, fuck, that's the name to have. Like, that's yeah. what you've got to have. It was absolutely perfect. And I followed the page for a few months and they gave me a couple of reshares. And again, it wasn't like big or anything at that point in time. It was just a small page. And then one day it said takeover on it. And it was just this black box post with white text. And it's like, you know, we don't have time to administrate the page. If anyone wants to take it over, let me know. And I slid in the DM straight away. And I'm like, Jeez. you know, this is who I am. would love to take the page. How much do you want for it? And they said, oh, no, no, it's all good. Um, here's the email and here's the password. And I literally took over the page um, and within 25 minutes to half an hour, um, registered the business name, the, domain, uh, the, the business name, the domains, the trademarks, Facebook, Snapchat, the whole thing. Have they Got ever it, hit like, you back up and be like, oi, like, no idea. let me get no my beak wet? No, 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 no idea. No, nev- no, never knew. Never knew who they were. Um, still Whoa. to this day. The- the person who gave, I know who the person who gave me the Facebook username, like the Facebook name, because they had yep. registered it. And I'm like, hey, is it cool if I get this? And, and lucky enough, they gave it to me. So I know who that was, yep. who's actually a PT in good life. His name's Tim. Yep. Um, so he was really, really cool about that. But um, no, the other, the guys with the Instagram, I, I, I still don't know. Still don't know who they are. That's crazy. So, but it, like looking back, they might think, oh, we missed the boat here, but without you doing it, it wouldn't become what it became. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't have worked. So it, w- it would have been something I, completely different. Yeah, for sure. So I, when I went in, like I said, I didn't have an end goal as far as like, Hey, this is the business model. This is what it's going to look like. I just wanted to showcase all the cool shit yeah. and, um, and you know, have videos and all sorts of stuff and like, like through all the different niches. So what I did is, and I didn't live with Shell at this point in time. So, um, it would be harder to do it now just with time and, you know, um, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. For, for a, oh, for like 100%. And um, for about four hours a day, I would sit on my phone and I would just engage in posts. So I'll just comment on posts. I'll, you yeah. know, like the posts. That um, Gary V life. No, 
Yeah, like, and I didn't even know Gary V back then. I wasn't into his stuff, and I just and I just realized, oh, if I follow the pages within Perth Fitness, and if I comment and if I engage, more people are going to see my post, and yep. you know, more people are going to follow it. And it was a strategy which still works today, and it was completely organic. And all of a sudden, I went from like three thousand followers to thirteen thousand followers. Would, within would a you few say months. that it's a, a strategy that when you employed it, it was the right time to employ it now? Uh, back it's then the as right, well. So yeah, it, it was the right time back then. It's the right time now. It's going to be a lot more effective what would have been AJ, five years ago. Can I give you a secret? Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give away a five grand secret. <coughs> Here you go, guys. It's the only strategy. <laughs> it is. That's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So there's different ways that you can do it, and there's different ways that you can grow on Instagram, especially with the advertising on Instagram being a lot more sophisticated now and with stories for sure. So the virility and the sharing um, and the tagging people in and getting more reshares through that way, through stories, that's definitely a growth tactic. But the organic engagement and investing time and actually building those online relationships is, and unless you're, unless you're great at viral content, yeah. It's the only way to do it. It's this is, the um, only way to do it. This is something that I've I've struggled with in the past because I find myself doing the old mindless scroll at times. Um, and I've, I've sort of, uh, like I did this whole big, like I unfollowed everyone. So I, I didn't follow any accounts. And then, yes. like, and that was more for me personally, but I have to sort of think of me as a business a little bit more. So I'm yes. slowly, like all these people are going to be thinking, oh, I thought AJ already followed me. And I'm going to be like re-following back and there's going to be that awkward, why John follow me? Um, and that was yeah. sort of uh, not so much a, a business thing. That was more like i got to stop being on my phone. But I have yeah. mentioned um, to the other boys that coach here as well, I said, we need to try and use it um, like, like with an objective rather yeah. than just being on it and consuming it. We have to use it with an objective. So like you said, you spent four hours, but you had an objective that yeah. you're in there, you're commenting, you're following, you're posting, all that sort of stuff. So that's um, it was a machine. Yeah, that's that's something that I've uh, like trying to get my head around because I've always been good um, sharing posts, you know, telling people what we do. But that engagement is something that I've always struggled with because I think I shouldn't be on my phone so much. But the Wait, whole industry is on the bro. phone. Yeah, they are. Just get a VA, my dog. That's I, like, I'm going to be honest and, and like inside secrets here. I'm going to be honest. I was going to pay someone to do my engagement for me. Yeah. Like I was just going to say, Hey, can you just like spend four hours a day, uh, outsource it to another country who can speak good English and I'll tell them how I speak and stuff. And I was going, yep. can you just, these hashtags, these people, these locations, just spend four hours a day commenting have to on do this the stuff. Same and just make sure everything ends in a shaka and they'll be like, Oh, it must be AJ. Yeah, you can 100% do that. So don't worry. I've, I've thought that as well because I, if I wanted to grow my personal platforms, and I, I did this recently, right? So if I wanted to grow my personal platform, um, so the Brendo one, yeah. that's how I would grow it. I would work out who am I trying to reach? What's my objective? Um, yeah. And then I would get into those communities and I would follow the key accounts. I'd comment on them. Yeah. Um, the people that commented, I'd comment back with them and I'd build it up. So when I, when I relaunched the Perth Fit Fan page, and it was almost like... I just want to see if I can still do this just to, just to make sure what I'm teaching is like, you know, still, still, you know, going to work in today's yep. market. 
And sure enough, man, I think I grew by like close to 2000 followers, like almost straight away, just because I spent that time investing and everyone started hitting me back. And they're like, dude, perfect fam's everywhere now, perfect fam's everywhere. So now that I've tested it and we got validation and we're doing the articles and bits and pieces again, because I don't do it. We have a team, like there's a new team. Up yeah, I was going to say, run, run us through that team as well. Run us through, like while we're talking about it, um, talk to me. I, I wanted to know... Um, when did you have the what was the impetus for you to go, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna branch out and do my my Brendo brand? Um, <laughs> what what yes. sort of tipped you over the edge with that? Yeah. Um, but before you get to that, talk me through the new structure of Perth Fit Fam, who you got working for you, what are their backgrounds, what are they gonna do? Um, yeah, for, for sure. So I, I, what I'll do is I'll go the flip side of that. So I'll go Brando first and yep. then I'll go that because it, they'll fit in well. So um, obviously I had the Perfit fan page and that was a branded page, at, you know, at most of it. And then I sort of became the face of Perfit fam and it sort of just became my sort of platform. And, you know, there was some vlog content, but I really became the face of it. And I didn't like that. Um, especially when, you know, FitFam Finder, what it was initially called happened. And, you know, I knew what was going to happen on that side. And most of our revenue was coming from social media courses. And I was like, hey, having that name PerfitFam is actually detrimental to like the courses and stuff because, you know, 30, 40% of our clients come from over East. And if they see PerfitFam, they're going to say, that's not for me. And because uh, yeah. I was the face of the platform anyway, and I was like, oh, you know what? I've got Fitify because I wanted to redo Perfit fam and build it up from the ground up now with the skill set that I had and I wanted to set that up purely as a publishing you know a publishing sort of like a like a morning chalk up or a bar bend but for the yep. Perth fitness scene that's essentially what I wanted to do because it should have been the business model from the start um learning lessons right so eventually um Fitify came we had investors we had traction and yep. when I sat down to do the Perfit fam website I stopped and I went am I really going to be able to do this? Like, am I going to be at events when I'm building an app and I'm trying to get into America and UK and I'm doing all this stuff? Am I really going to be doing this? And, you know, we're, you know, Shell and I, you know, we're having a baby this year. We knew that that was going to happen. And I'm like, when I have a kid, am I really going to be spending my weekends doing this stuff? And I was like, nah, that's just completely unrealistic. So that's when I decided not to run with it. And then that's when I flipped that page to um, me. So that became Brendo. So then, yep. you know, our revenue came from social media courses. Did you so just, did you just swap up. the handles? Uh, yeah, I just swapped the handles around. I just <laughs> rebranded it, swapped the handles. <laughs> that was, good, that eh? was the key page and everyone followed it for me yep. um, at that point in time. And I went, oh, I'll just do an easy switch. Funny enough, so Brooke Falunovic is a uh, Instagram coach here in WA. She's is really, she one really of good. Your, your new stuff? Uh, not one of my staff. Oh, okay. No, Brooke, no, Brooke, Brooke She's a, um, uh, she's an Instagram coach here. And I actually went to go see her speak because she used to run under the name Villa Management and she did events management as well as I think social media management. That was sort of her company, but everyone knew Brooke from Villa Management, yep. just like everyone knew. And we came up at the same time, um, just like everyone knew Brendo from Perth Fit Fam. Yep. And I was so nervous to turn it into my Brendo page because I had built this thing and everyone just knew Brendo from Perth Fit Fam. And but was it um, nervous I was like, uh, knowing you, it, you wouldn't have been nervous to put yourself out there, you would have been nervous about sort of letting go of perfect fam. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's this thing that I built up, you know, it yeah, was like sure. this massive culture that I'd built up and it was like, Oh, what's going to happen. Am I just going to get a massive drop off? Are people going to go fuck this guy? Like, you know, there was go, so many things. Did it go up? Uh, 
No, nah, not yet, but I haven't plugged into it yet. Yep. So, um, uh, which comes down to the startup stuff. But I, I actually went to go see her speak just to ask her that question. And I waited till the end and she her speech went over time. And there was one question and I shot my head up and I like pretty much stood up and like, give me the fuck back. So anyway, yeah, I'm like, nice. hey, I, I came here, Brooke, just to ask you this one question. And I'm like... When you change from Villa, because obviously you were known as Brooke from Villa Management and you even introduced yourself today as Brooke from Villa Management. So it obviously still sticks and it meant a lot to you. I'm like, how hard, how long did it take you to change to your personal brand and how hard was it? And she was like, oh, she was real honest about it. And she's like, yeah, she was real worried about doing it. And it took her about 18 months to make the decision to actually change it over. And she yeah. was playing with it for 18 months. And for me, it wasn't that far off. It was about 18 to 12 months for yeah. me to actually go fuck it and then pull the trigger and then do yeah. it. It's something yeah. um, something similar I'm thinking of now. I sort of have the Smith's Fitness page um, and business website, all that sort of stuff. And I don't really do anything separate as AJ Smith. Like I have a, a personal Instagram that's pretty much just the kids, but I yeah. don't have like a coaching one and I don't want to have three so I'm thinking I might put a little bit of time and effort into that other one, um, change my handle now that I've got two kids because it's just Lenny's <laughs> dad at the moment um, yeah. and then do a little bit more of that um, to put myself out there as a coach alongside the gym as well. Um, just something that I've been sort of thinking of and seeing a, a few other gym owners do as well because eventually you don't want to be the face of your business even though... I've made it my fucking last name. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to be able to step back and let other people take the reins and not be there if you don't want to. Um, yeah. So I think it's something that I've, I've been thinking about for the, probably the last month or so as well is sort of making that personal page on a way less scale than what you have, but like just making that a little bit more of a, a personal brand as well, as gay as that sounds. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny though, like saying that. So um, everyone has, everyone, there's not one right way to do it. And this is the yeah. main thing because everyone, like like if you're like me, you probably get a bit of um, like analysis paralysis where you're like, fuck, what's the right one? And it's when I look at- It's just test and retest, right? Well, you just got to make a decision. So yeah. when I look at um, Dan England, so Dan England, so that he's Dan at Team Ecto page, yep, yep. which is the main Team Ecto page, but it's him. Most of his content is literally transformational content or some educational content and has very little to do with him. And yeah. I was like, and I, and I said to him, I was like, hey man, why don't you put yourself out the front of your content a little bit more? And he's like, nah, I don't care about that. I just want to showcase all the cool stuff that my clients achieve. And I was like, yeah. fuck it. I respect that. And the funny thing is his followers grew so much yeah. because it creates such a shareable platform because all the all the clients and this team ecto culture that is created everyone is consistently sharing like that content yeah and i would say he would be up the top of the ranks. oh dude i see him everywhere everywhere he'd be up yeah. the like now he'd be up the top of the ranks as far as nutrition coaches here and what he's been able to achieve out of that he's like freaking phenomenal so yeah. um and, so, and someone like I, I actually like your platform yeah i i'm and i i sort of try to help out the other boys that I've got coaching here um, and push them in a direction. Um, and it yes. is always to just sort of take action. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do it, test and retest um, and sort of always the like be authentic um, and be yourself. And I think that's what like I've always sort of lent into a little bit more. Um, yeah. And that's what's been good for me. 
But uh, I, if I, like when I look at yours, because what you said is exactly right. You're always authentic <laughs> yourself. Um, people who haven't met you, I think most people probably would know you who lis- would listen to this, but what you see on your socials is what you get in person 100%, right? Um, and I think that that would attract certain people to your gym. So yeah. I actually really love how you do your content. And yeah. I like if you were in my program, I would be like, hey, man, don't separate them. It fucking works for you. Like, yeah. own it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, like I think the way it's you more just, it just trying to, I don't know, like uh, for me, it's always just trying to keep, keep, keep swimming and not tread water with it, if that's a, a yeah. good analogy. So keep, I think you're doing that now. How many people are putting in the effort to do podcasts? How many people are putting in the effort to do all the content that you do and all the crazy shit? One and of, how the, boys, many people one are of the boys down skin. here off the back of me saying, go start your own has just started his as well, uh, Jacob. So he's been on oh, a, a fair few of ours. He's not on the yep. banner. That's the old banner when it was just me and Troy. Um, yes. And then I sort of said, hey, man, go do your own. And then we had the shutdown and he's been doing lives. And then he was just like, I might just keep it as lives. I was like, mate, rip the audio from this and make your podcast. And he's and he's doing it. So those are the. Sort I found of that very things. effective. Hey. Yeah. I found he, that suit because because you get to because people jump in the lives. Yeah, it was better back in lockdown. Like better, but the lives were better because. Um, uh, you could live, you'd get their audience, they'd get your audience, but then you could also leave it up there for twenty four hours. Now you've got to put the live in the. Yeah, in the actual feed, which isn't as good, but you can still download it and rip the audio. So it's a good use of time. Like if you're repurposing for that, for sure. But that's Jacob Parr, yeah? Uh, Jacob Harris. Jacob Harris. We have two Jacobs down here. I know. It's fucking confusing. Um, it's just, um, right. so, so I like just basically segregated the whole and the change and stuff. And then the per- now, it's, now I'm going to tell you about the Perfect Fam crew, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Run yes. me through that before I get to other questions because i got a whole bunch here, man. Okay, sweet. All right, I'm going to hustle through them a little bit quicker. Okay, so um, essentially Fitify doing its thing. It's awesome. Um, the social media course is doing its thing. Me and my wife run that. We've really yep. systemized it down. It's doing awesome. Now, um, Perfect Fam was actually going through a sale. So there was a publishing company, a magazine company that said, hey, we want to buy that. And I was like, awesome. This is exactly what I wanted. They have the resources um, as far as to build it out, how I would have suggested to build it. This is actually the perfect scenario. And I know that it's going to go into good hands. So that was all happening. Everything got done and started and finalized and ready to go. And then last minute, just before Christmas, they just went quiet. And then um, that was sort of it. Oh, and, shit. Uh, just, yeah, just stopped being responsive, even though everything was in play. So um uh yeah that was really disappointing because i really wanted that to be in the right hands and i just wanted to say yep that was a good handball um and then they get to build it into something amazing and um that really fucking annoyed me because i was like okay um that's not a closed door for me now and funny enough i just started posting as far as you know i said you know what uh, and this comes back to the, I just want to see if I can still do it. And so I just started scheduling posts because I said, I'm not going to put time into it. I'm just going to schedule posts and I'll just what are you spend scheduling time posts with? engaging uh, later, later.com. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, I'm like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to schedule posts. I'll do some engagement to see if those tactics will still build it back up. And sure enough, they did. And then within that time, I had someone who uh, was from a publishing company hit me up, say, hey, I actually really loved your vision for that. And I believe in it. And they live in Perth. They're an editor for na- one of the national fitness magazines. And she said, um, I would love to help build that. 
and she was exactly what I was looking for as far as that's the skill set I didn't have magazine publishing yeah. that I needed. So we caught up and, um, you know, went through a bunch of stuff, content pillars, how we would do things, my experience. And then she said, well, why don't we build a team? Because I said, I can't be the face of it. I can't run it. I got other things on my plate. But if you guys want to build it up, let's start off and just see if we get traction on this thing. And then as it grows, then you guys can take over it. And then you guys can run the perfect fam show. I don't want to be the face of it. So yep. then that was essentially it. Okay. So now there's a team. There's a so magazine four? editor. Uh, including me. Yeah. So, um, but saying that, like I said, I have a meeting with them once a week. I advise them. I link them up with what's going on and who to speak to and all that sort of stuff. And, um, they, they pretty much take care of it all from now. So I've got, um, uh, Caitlin, who is the, um, she was the head, uh, head of content for one of the national fitness magazines. Uh, I think she worked for muscle and fitness as well at some stage. Um, there's Brie who comes from a sales and events background. So she'll be taking care of all like the um, partnership development and partnership management. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Jaden, who's a young up and coming content creator. And I've just been watching his stuff for ages. And um, he's just a really young dude that does some cool stuff. Dude, and he actually people that are skillful in that realm are fucking, I don't know, like they're gold to me. Like yes. I, I need someone that's like that because I've spent fucking way too long on computers, learning apps. That's, <laughs> that's Jacob. There you go, man. Hey, Jacob. <laughs> um, learning apps, doing Premiere, downloading cracked versions off the fucking internet because I'm a tight bastard. Way too much time doing that for like, oh, 45 second video. And then you've got these gurus that are all about it and they can just fucking make like a sick edit and everything else like like the ones that you know did you used to do all the editing of the perfect yeah, fam stuff most, most of it yeah did you yeah like, um, there was there was well? there was period uh, yeah. So there was yeah. periods where, so you know um, what I'm talking uh, about. <laughs> there was periods where there was someone else that did the editing. And yep. then when I think you were the first video in like that second stage of perfect firm yep. and, um, I edited from there on. So I literally did everything on that platform from then on. I edited the podcast, I edited everything yep. and I essentially just completely like pushed into that. Um, so now it's like one thing I've learned from Fitify is the team that you have is so important. And we literally have a world-class team, like the best of the best in the world. Yep. And they're so friggin' efficient. It's like insane. And I'm like, oh, that's what it takes. Like you can't do this stuff to sell yourself. You need to have a vision and you need to be able to run the team and make the right decisions um, and push and, you know, guide everyone in the right direction yep. as a team, but you can't do the work like you need you need people around you who are better than you to do the I think work that's something that's, um that's something i'm slowly slowly learning i was slowly the worst bro learning. so i've got i've got my camera sitting up here right i don't even know why it's up there because i refuse to touch it i can do it but i refuse yeah. to just out of principle Shit. Yeah. yeah no it's one yeah. of those things um that this sort of leads into one of the questions so i'll skip a couple um, something I constantly battle is juggling different aspects of running a business. Um, you've got, you know, many different hats trying to get rid of a few, um, like a lot of things that demand attention. Do you have a process as to how you block out, schedule your time? Is it as simple as a, a calendar? Is it a to-do list at the start? Is it some fancy app I haven't heard of? Uh, what is it? Because I've got a million hats on, um, like I'm doing this podcast. Um, then I'll probably put up a story about it. Then I've got to rip the audio. Then I've got to go onto SoundCloud. Remember that password, put SoundCloud thing in, put it onto fucking Apple and Spotify. Then I've got to actually go and do the stuff that I like and coach people to get stronger and fitter. 
Uh, yes. So there's all these different hats and that's just in the space of three hours. So how do yep, you yep, do yep. it? And fucking Very- fix and fix me. <laughs> okay. So good question. And um very, very good question. Very, very, very good question. So yes, I wear different hats. Um, I wake up early in the morning and the first thing I do is I sit in front of my computer. It's fuck it's yeah, I can swear. You listen is yeah, fuck. Right, you can yeah. swear on this podcast. Oh, sick. Okay, <laughs> awesome. It's it's actually fucked up, man. I wake up. Sometimes it's like, you know, it can be 4 a.m., it can be 5 a.m., whatever. I don't use an alarm clock. I just wake up early. And the first thing I do is I walk into my podcast room here and I just sit at my computer and I look at my data reports. That's the first thing I do every single day. And I get a snapshot of where the business is at. And then I look at my calendar because every single thing is specifically blocked in. That, and that's why I said to you, I'm like, hey, man, shoot me an invite because chances are that somebody would take that spot if you didn't shoot me that invite. Yep. And um, like I, I, block in, I block in meetings. I block in coffees with my friends, bro. Like my calendar is literally, if you're not in it, like I'm not even touching it so i've got to feel important that i've got you for two hours on a friday other then it's it's funny i had a friend she was like um you don't go you know you don't go grab a coffee you haven't caught up in a while and i was like yeah um what's your email address and she's like what i said i've got to send you an invite and i showed her an invite she's like what the fuck and i'm like if i don't put this in my calendar i'm not gonna remember it like i'm literally just not gonna turn up so so you're you're a calendar guy yeah so i use just the basic um mac calendar so every morning i wake up check my data look at my calendar and then I list out every single thing in a, in the to do like in a to do list in notes. I use notes for everything. I don't use uh, I don't use apps. I don't use anything else. It's too hard. It's too complex. Just notes on just your have, phone. I just have a to do like note, and I clear it every day. Like I tick it off, and I clear it every day. Yeah. So. I block in everything on that. So first of all, I do my calendar, what's on my list for the day. Um, and I have a time next to each one. And then I know what are the things that I need to do today, which are going to make it a successful day. Like okay. what's my criteria to make this a successful day. And that could be things like I've got follow-ups, like I've got to follow up a certain brand partner or I've got to, you know, I've got to, um, it could be admin stuff or it could be, um, you know, even like something in the bank. Like I've got to do something something to something to do with paperwork it could be i've got to outreach to something like what's the things that are actually going to move me forward you you take that sort of first half hour of the day to do all that so you block it out yeah yeah sweet and then you structure it from there yeah and so i'll even have like okay i'm gonna go for a coffee and a walk first and then I'm going to do this job, do this job, this job, this job. I know that those jobs that are the critical jobs are going to take me maybe about an hour. By that point in time, I know that I'm going to walk my dog. So that will be in there. And then by that point in time, I'll have my first meeting. Second meeting, um, I put in sleep, uh, sleep. I sleep through the day. Like I sleep for about an hour every day, an hour to half an hour. Yeah, I know you're, you're one of them nappers. Yeah, I have to. And um, otherwise I don't function because I wake up early. So I have to nap and then I wake up for day two, like like part two. Yep. And then I just have a list of things and then training's blocked. And then usually I coach people in the afternoon or I have meetings because my team's in London. So I do a lot of meetings around five o'clock and stuff for five to 7.30 to yep. finish at 8.30 as well. So that's how I do it. I literally like, hey, hey, what are the key things? So if I was in your position, it's like, 
okay, you know that you're going to be coaching. You know that you've got tax stuff that you've got to stay on top of. You know that you've got editing. You know that you've got all these different things to do. So I'd work out, okay, what's the days that I do everything? And then what's actually the times on those days that I do it? And then whenever it comes up, I would sit down. I'd put in my um, PT sessions or whatever you've got, team yeah. building sessions, podcasting, and I'll just work out, okay, when am I going to do each specific job? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I do do that, but it's a lot less organized than what yours sounds like. So quick, man. It's so Organized quick. Chaos. It's literally just, yeah, it's literally just, it's literally just on notes. And, and that's, and the other thing is um, I started to cut out things that didn't get the results that I wanted to in life. So I could do a bazillion things, right? Um, and you, it's like the podcast. I, I had a, I had a podcast that was, you know, consistently ranked in the top 30 fitness podcasts. And I got to interview and that was, that was just Perth related, which, which was, again, it was a super powerful platform and I loved it. And I loved chatting to guys like you and I loved interviewing people. But then when I actually looked at it, especially where I'm at now, I'm like, is that actually going to produce a result, which generates more revenue for my wife? So through our businesses and helps more people out in that business yeah. or is going to move Fitify forward. And if the answer is no, whether I loved it or not, I'm like, hey, that's an extracurricular activity now. If that's not producing a result, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a hundred percent. Like with our podcast, it was sort of going off the rails a little bit, and it just became a bit too much shit talk. And I didn't think we were providing enough value. And then we sort of had like a bit of a pivot point, uh, and then you know we went on a bit of a run. The good thing with the podcast is um, I haven't ever committed to, we got to do one a week. We got to do this. And like, sometimes there was a bit there before Christmas, I did three, four in a week just because I, you know, it was happening. So I was like, let's knock it out. And then there would be a month off. And that's the good thing about podcasts. Um, Unless, you know, you're going whole hog, I'm going to be a podcaster. But again, the podcast is supplement what we're doing in the gym. Um, So if I don't have anything of too much value, probably not going to be a podcast for a little while. Yeah. And it's good that you set yourself up for that. So when I set myself up, I was like, okay, how many downloads can I get? How many, um, how many downloads can I get? Who gets the best traction, um, you know, on the different platforms and am I in the top 30 and how high up the top 30 can I get? That was always my goal. How high up the top 30 can I get? And I'd check it after every podcast (laughs) and I'll be like, fuck man, I'm sitting up there with London real. Oi, (laughs) funny story before we move on because I know you got more questions. So I actually did the London real course. Um, This is a couple of years ago. This is where we actually came up with the idea of offering social media courses because it's what everyone wanted to know from me. And I was like, I never wanted to be a marketing social media dude but it's yep. what people wanted and i was like fuck it i'll just do it so um i so we did that um when i was in the course um i outranked him on oh really iTunes. yeah and Shit. i posted it in the group oh no <laughs> and i think it was a little bit dirty because i actually ranked him, <laughs> outranked him in australia <laughs> i would have been for sure hey man i'm gonna end this one now and then i'm gonna call you back and then we're gonna get into some other stuff all right 15 minutes later. All right, we're back, guys. I had to split this in two because I'm not paying for Zoom just yet. I, oh, do you know what I love about I, I was going to say, bro, just fucking pay for Zoom. Like I spent like eight Dude, hours that, a day. How fucking easy was that day. though? It was pretty funny. But do you know what I love about it is this has to become a thing of your podcast where you're actually like, I'm not fucking paying for Zoom. Here's a nah, sponsor break. Fuck that. <laughs> I am hoping to get a few um, more guests on this year. Um, just to take the podcast, like I said, in a different sort of direction, get away from the shit talk and actually teach and connect with some people a little bit more. Um, 
So hopefully people don't mind the trip down to Rockingham, but I know it can be asking a bit too much. Um, so we'll just do them over Zoom and I'll be like, hey, uh, hold that thought. Just going to have to um, start a new one because they want 19 bucks a month from me? Get out of it. <laughs> Oi, um, I reckon if you contact Browns, Browns is WA, right? Browns milk. Oh, yeah. Browns milk. Fucking, yeah, yeah. Fucking A it is. If you, if you contact them, ask for $20 a month sponsorship and make, oh, no, actually, whatever, just pocket the cash. Except make the break a uh, uh, chalky milk break. Fuck yes. You're on to yeah. it, mate. You're on to it. I'm a, I'm a commercial See, I was going to go for right. the local bottle shop and then just try yeah. and get like a free carton. Yeah, do that. That'd be sick. A free carton every week just to do a sponsor break. They'll love it, man. And it'll be so funny. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyway, Brendo, <laughs> we're going to get into some stuff. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. Um, yep. You love to dabble in different areas of self-help, biohacking. You're on that Tim Ferriss tip. Um meditation chewing nicotine these are just a few uh the old cbd i saw you in a fucking face mask the other day um yeah is this something born out of curiosity what are you up to take us through what you've tried yeah for sure so um i don't know if it's curious yeah i don't know i've never really thought about curiosity i think probably like wanting performance uh more than anything and i guess you could stem down to curiosity like so I, i guess the I, I've done different things. Like I went vegan. I guess I guess the f- from what I can remember anyway, the first thing that I you did, did the was the diet I went vegan. challenge, didn't you? You did like yeah. Well, even before that, I went vegan for a month, and it was this whole because I liked doing funny campaigns, whether it yeah. was selfie sticks, whether it was um yeah going vegan. So the vegan CrossFitter hashtag vegan CrossFitter campaign. Yeah. Um and and then um dude yeah, now that's like a smugglers. now that's like a, a fucking real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. So I did it when it was actually a joke and it was yeah. a real thing. And even the vegan CrossFitter stuff. So I had this t-shirt made up, which was hashtag vegan CrossFitter. And I went vegan and every day I posted about being a vegan or I posted about how much I loved CrossFit. Anyway, the whole vegan community got up in arms and so offended about what I did. And it's not like them. Oh, it was incredible, bro. I got I got added into this vegans in Perth group and it went absolutely nuts, this war. And then um, and I just started reposting screenshots of this thing. But then it's funny because I got kicked out of the group, by the way. But then it's funny because um, then I think a week or two later, I was at the fitness expo. And this is quite a few years ago, like maybe five years ago. It's pretty perfect, fam. And um, I was at the CrossFit event and somebody had taken a photo of me from a distance whilst I'm wearing this vegan CrossFitter shirt. And they posted it into the vegans in Perth group saying, Hey, shout out to this awesome guy, whoever he is representing vegans at the expo today. They didn't know I was the guy who they abused two weeks before and kicked out of the group. And I got, I think I got added back into the group and just started it up again. Or um, I took a screenshot and then reposted it. And then that post went a little bit viral too. So, um, I think that was the first thing. And what I understood was at that stage, if I take something which is a bit taboo or a bit stupid and I own it and I hammer it and hammer it and hammer it, first of all, it's a bit of a chuckle. And then it's just like, what's this guy doing? What a dickhead, what a dickhead, what a dickhead. Except you can't give up. You've just got to keep on hammering it like nothing else. And then all of a sudden it reaches this point where it becomes fucking hilarious and it becomes a thing that people remember you by. Yep. So if you remember like, um, like pray for Ray, yep. um, yep. So pretty, he, dude, he would walk around Perth and, um, people would stop him at a cafe and they go, Hey man, are you Ray from pray for Ray? And like people would actually know. And then Nathan Hannah, yep. it's like, I was going to say, is that like your mate, Nathan? <laughs> 
Yeah, so he'd be at, he was at like a festival or something and not really in the wrong environment for someone to like bump into you. And yep. people were stopping him going, hey, you Nathan Hannah. Oh, and he's like, oh, damn it. So I would, yeah, I'd like find something to boo and I'd hammer it. And then yep. that's how like I would start those little campaigns. But then I guess from the curiosity standpoint and the nutrition stuff that we spoke about. So at this stage, keto was like becoming this big thing and everyone was selling ketones and it was supposed to be great for mental function, cognitive function, fat loss, energy, well-being, all this stuff. And because like, you know, I got all the Tim Ferriss stuff and a lot of people do that or intermittent fasting. I was like, oh, maybe this actually has credit. And, you know, you're on the Joe Rogan podcast and yeah, Joe yeah, DiGostino yeah. and these people are there. And I was like, I actually want to test this to see all of these diets and what they do to my body. So I went through, this is the first and probably the biggest one that I've done. And so every year I would come up with something, a challenge or a theme of the year. And then that would be just something to keep me entertained for the year yeah. um, or to, to help me improve or grow. So um, the diet challenge was three months of uh, starting off with just like a baseline, like just a standard out of a magazine diet. Um, I did keto for three months, vegan for three months, and then like calorie counting for three months, like macros. Yeah. And um I took my bloods, uh, took my bloods uh, before and after, DEXA scan, tracked every meal, tracked everything. And when I got through the end of the 12 months, I was expecting to be able to write up all of this super informative stuff. And, you know, my inflammation went down and hormones and this and this. And realistically, very little, if anything, changed on any of them. And it yeah. essentially came down to calories. It was like, hey, um, if you Funny ate that. a surplus, you'd gain, yeah, you'd gain weight. If you um, were under, you know, you'd lose weight. Um, if you wanted to increase muscle, then you needed to force adaptation, like through strength, you needed to force adaptation and have a minimum protein requirement. My minimum protein requirement could have been as low as 120 grams a day. And I still was able to gain lean muscle tissue provided that I um, forced the adaptation to do so. Yep. And um, even with low carbs, so then back in keto, people saying, oh, you have to eat carbs. You actually didn't because I could still gain performance within a standard CrossFit class, which is strength and conditioning. Um, and I would still be fine as if I had carbs or no carbs. But if I went for longer periods of time, so, so over that hour session, then my body found it harder to keep up. So um, all in all, there was very little difference or anything to report on. And ever since then, anyone who's told me why a diet is super good, I'm like, uh, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree with that. I've done it. So, yeah. So yes, that sort I've of led it. you into everything else, like the the more, I wouldn't say fucking gimmicky, but away from the diet stuff, um, the, I like to call it self-help biohacking, sort of just trying to get that little extra bit out of yourself as a human. So all those little yeah. things, I know you were doing the old chewing nicotine and then I think I, I saw that you stopped. Um, yeah, I can't do that no more. And then, fuck, what else was there? The, the CBD stuff. Yeah, so I think CBD is pretty standard. Like that's just basic supplementation. Nicotine's yep. a bit out there um, when I was doing that. But um, for me, it was, hey, how can I mentally perform at my optimum level yep. so I can work better? Um, I have, I would say that um, I probably suffer like, you know, not suffer. Um, I probably find it hard to focus yep. and um, I need to focus and for long, like I just need to hone in and things that help me do that. So, but I've tried everything like modafinil, like all sorts of stuff. Um, but one thing that I found, and actually Tim Ferriss did say this too, because he used to be big on trying all this stuff. One thing that he discovered is there's no such thing as a free lunch and um, eventually something's going to go wrong. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. I like that. And yeah. I think um, that sort of, 
the next question was sort of leading out of that was what, if any, has been the most beneficial, like of those little things that you've done? Uh, uh, double-edged sword, uh, nicotine. Okay. Yeah. So, um, ultimate focus. Yep. Um, ultimately addictive. Yeah. Massively addictive. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. um, and that was like, just like chewing nicotine gum or what was the... Yeah. 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 Just gum, just gum. So yeah. when I stopped, it was like, I was coming off heroin. Oh shit. Um, yeah, I had meetings. I couldn't think straight. I think I almost our, cried her- one our time. heroin addict listeners are going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy knows nothing. So <laughs> I, I, I've seen someone come off heroin. Oh um, shit! Yeah, and that's how I know. And um, man, I was sweating. It looked like I had the flu. I was just completely pale. I felt yep. sick. Like my body was just like getting rid of shit. So you're hearing it here, guys. If you ever decide to do nicotine, just you got to do it forever. You're in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on. You're on. You're in. You're in forever. <laughs> so um, I couldn't. I couldn't even have a conversation. Like I had to apologize to people and I had to leave meetings because I actually couldn't. My brain actually wasn't working. Like I look what, at my. What made you screen. stop then? If it made you focus. Or was it just like, um, I don't want to be addicted to this? Uh, um, I, I didn't want to have a heart attack. Okay. Yeah. So there is, so yeah, there's no free lunch. Yeah. There's no free lunch. Essentially okay. is, is what it is. What it came down to is, is I was like, Hey, um, did you just feel like you're getting a bit highly strung sort of thing? Uh, I think I did psychedelics. And that's when I noticed it in a sense that what environment was it in? I may have done psychedelics and um, I I definitely did not. I may have, but that's um, funny. I I might've. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely did. But I don't know if I was laying there and I could feel the twitches in my body and I could feel how highly strong my body was at all times. So I'm almost always in a panic state. Yep. And um, even if it's just lightly, because I'm always looking at a screen, I'm always doing shit. And then when you throw in high amounts of like stimulants, being like nicotine, like I don't actually drink that much coffee or, you know, whatever, um, except my body didn't never had a chance to relax and never had a chance to come down and stop. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, if anyone's going to die of an early heart attack, it's probably me. Like, and, and I actually had panic attacks and I was in the hospital. Um, and this, this was uh, just, just under 12 months ago. It's kind of like when COVID sort of happened and I thought I was having heart attacks and I went to the doctors and then I ended up going to ER and they're like, no, no, you're okay. You're okay. And I didn't know what an anxiety or a panic attack was. And that's, and then I'm like, Oh, you're actually suffering anxiety. And like, it feels like you're going to die. And I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. So it took me a long time mentally to, to overcome that. And I still deal with it now. Like when I start to get that laying on my chest and it feels like, you know, but I, I literally for like maybe months, 24 seven, I just had something in the back of my head going, Oh, you can die any second. Like actually, and I'm having conversations with this talent, like this thing on my shoulder, just saying, yeah. Oh, your heart can stop any second now. And I was like, okay, I probably need to address this. That's not ideal, man. So I've heard. No, 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 no. So that was, that, that was sort of the thing for me. And then obviously with baby on the way, I was like, yep. okay, cool. You need to, we need to be a little bit careful with what we do here. Yeah. So you think the um, experimentation will, will sort of slow down a little bit? Um, I think now with the different stuff, so I did, so yeah, I did the diets, um, you know, I've done stuff like, you know, I, I don't drink, I actually don't drink alcohol. That was one of my things for the year. And yep. I just, 
stops drinking completely. I, I needed to because it was a crutch for me. Yeah. Um, everyone has their outlet and that was binge drinking was mine in secret. And I went, oh, you're actually self-destructive. So you can't do that. Yeah. And so I stopped doing that and um, like just completely. And uh, we'll eat mushrooms, won't drink alcohol. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, uh, and I was like, I wore a hat for like seven years, right? Because you know, I went bald and, <laughs> yep. this, and, I, and I didn't even realize why. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just to do that, wear a hat. And then I realized, oh no, you actually wear a hat because you're not used to being bald and you're covering it up. Like I just, it's weird when you go bald, right? Because you look at yourself your whole life and you have hair and there's this picture that you have of yourself. And then one day yeah. you just don't have that. And it's yeah. like, you, when you look in the mirror, you, you're not looking at yourself. It's quite I have a seen some thing. old photos of you like hat backwards. And I know, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. I, I know you have posted about it before. So I know that there was a bit of a, like the hats off at some point yeah. in the last couple of years and now you've embraced yeah. it. And now, now, now Australia's top bald fitness model. Exactly. Everyone knows Brendo exactly. for that. So yeah. So there was those different little things every year. Oh, the 24-hour race. That was another one. Um, yep. Port to pub was another one. So there was definitely different things where I was like, okay, how can I improve myself and how can I challenge myself? So going back to the, the experiments and calming down and stuff like that, um, this year has been a lot different because I knew that we were going to try and have kids this year and I knew yep. that I had Fitify and I knew that, okay, I'm going to have to put my focuses here. So again, going back to the cutting off things that don't make an impact, um, for me, that's when I stopped and I went, okay, do you actually need to do anything? Like, do you need to, do you actually need to, or can you just focus on preparing to be a good dad and just being um, running a good business? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's, that's essentially why I stopped. Yeah. Speaking of good businesses, and I know we have, you've touched on it a fair bit um, in terms of Fitify. Uh, congratulations on the success, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. Obviously something like that. Still very early days. Something like that starts off as, as an idea. I remember seeing it on your um, your Instagram and it was like a little, oh, I don't know what it was. It was almost like a poll or something. And you put up yeah. like, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was sort of like, and then someone got a date out of it. And I remember you posted yeah. about that. It was like, oh shit, these people like somehow got a date out of it. And then you you started being like toying with the idea a little bit, just in your story. Um, like how... Does it go from your head to an, the app store to someone's hands? Like what's the process? To, and then to having interviews with Koshi and My Muscle Project. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, how does it go bizarre, from, bro. yeah, how does it go from, oh shit, we should basically make Tinder for fit people, um, which is probably not what how you say it. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly, actually, yeah, we, no, we actually have guidelines like, and it's actually yeah, the one thing we say, we are not Tinder for fit people. <laughs> Like, I know you'll probably, yeah, you'd want to distance yourself from that. But yeah, uh, what e harmony for fit people. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, how do you go yes. from that being a, like a bit of an idea um, and yep. then you going, wait a second, and then putting it into attack mode and into what it is now? Yeah, yeah, a very well What's thought out, process? timely process. So um, how it actually happened. So Shell, so my wife, for those who don't know my wife, um, we met from the fitness industry. And when I had perfect, well, you know, having that perfect fan platform, I was obviously very powerful, was well-known and very engaged with the audience through that platform. So I'd do a lot of Q&As. And I'd always get hit up for what's your advice for meeting other fit people, but not on Tinder and Bumble. And I'd like to be very jokingly on my social media, definitely more so back then. And so I'd always go, ha, huh, it's kind of funny. And I'll give a joking answer. But 
it wasn't until what you mentioned, someone actually hit me up saying, Hey, I need help to find a date for a party. Can you help me out? And I'm like, yeah, I know a guy. So I tagged her in, I tagged him in and I'm like, you guys go meet like on, as an, as an answer, you guys go meet, let me know how it goes. Yeah. So that post went nuts, right? It had like 10 times the amount of click throughs, had people messaging me straight away and I'm a data and insights person. So I'm like swiping up, looking at my insights, hysterics at how many people are engaging and sharing and messaging me about this post. And then I like, so that side of me, I thought was really funny, but then the entrepreneur side of me is like, oh, this is actually an issue. Like all these people hit me up asking me for advice and, you know, someone wants help now and people are actually interested in this, wanting help themselves. I'm like, fit people actually want to date other fit people and they have a shitty experience on common dating apps with matching with people who don't understand that lifestyle or share that lifestyle. So compatibility issues. And then um, um, I was like, I think that this is actually a problem to be solved. So from there, and then this is the process. So I didn't want to then go say, oh, cool, I'm going to go develop out this thing or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to test it to see if this was a fluke. And I said to my wife at the time, hey, I think that this is something. Um, Oh, sorry. And then I started doing what's called Fit Fam Finder Fridays. So I would get um, someone who hit me up saying, hey, I want help. I say, yep. Can I do a reshare? They'll be like, yep. I say, "Um, I got some good photos, a little bit of a bio from him. And then I did like the swipe right flame. Um, And then that was like mimicking a dating app. So it was the most minimum viable product that you could possibly get. And every Friday, I'd announce the Fit Fam Finder Friday. I'd put them out there. And the crazy thing is, People were swiping, they were matching, people were actually going on dates and then more people were hitting me up to say, that's awesome, can you help me out? And then I was like, oh, this is starting to gain some traction. And then I went to my wife and I'm like, hey, there's actually nothing in the market like this. And I did it. And um, I said, I think it's actually going to be an opportunity. But we had our social media courses like that. We're just starting to take off. You know, yeah. That were great revenue for us. We were, um, you know, per fit fam was there. I had enough on my plate. And um, she's like, you can work on it um, when I'm not home. So she trains in the morning. And um, uh, I would wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I'd work till about eight o'clock when she got home. And I just spent time trying to understand dating apps, the market, how things work, like everything, the opportunities. And then I kept on talking about this dating app that I was going to build. And one of the guys from the gym, um, because I was going to do a Kickstarter or I did a Kickstarter, but the kicks, I didn't understand Kickstarter. I thought you put it up there and then people just put in heaps of cash. But he, he saw me do that. And he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, man, like this fucking idea is like great. Like, what's the deal? And I'm like, yeah. And then I explained to him all of that backstory. And he's like, well, I've actually built an app myself and then showed me his app. And he was like, like, fuck, what do you want? Like, like what's the investment you want? And um, I was like, oh, like, you know, just 30 grand to get kicked off. And I can build out this product. I've found these Indian developers and we might be able to get this thing kicked off. Yeah. And um, anyway, he's like, you know, ended up being the first investor in this thing. And that was my thing to show. I was like, hey, if we get, if someone invests in this, like backs it to begin with, then I'll do it. And sure enough, that happened. So then we started going on this process of working with these developers to build out FitFam Finder, which was our prototype of this app. Yeah. And I was going through the local startup community at the time as the thing was getting developed and just building hype around it and, and building up this email list of people that wanted to subscribe. And um, when I got towards the end of the um, 
pre-accelerator within the startup community to help with the launch, I realized if we're going to be taken seriously, I actually need a tech co-founder because the other guy, although he'd built an app, he outsourced it. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't actually a tech guy. Yeah. So I ended up going on like a dating experience myself and started trying to meet other developers within the community. Um, and then sure enough, I was having a conversation like, you know, just like this, like letting people know where I was at and stuff. And it was at the gym. There was about four or five people around. And when I got home, one of the guys sent me a message and he's like, hey, man, he's really quiet, super nice guy, but really quiet. And um, uh, he's an engineer. So he's in oil and gas. He's an engineer by trade. And um, he sent me a message and he's like, hey, man, um, it was probably the wrong time to bring it up, but I'm actually a computer scientist and coder. Um, and I've built a, a, a um, oil and gas software company that does international trade. I built it, coded it from the ground up. So if you want help, let me know. And I'm happy to help out. And the crazy thing was he was literally, because I wrote an avatar of exactly what I wanted in that third co-founder because the other co-founder and I are quite extrovert and I needed someone to balance out the team. Yeah. And um, he was he literally fit all those buttons and we all knew each other from the same gym. And I was like, oh my God, this is so uncanny. And so that is pretty much the three of us within what was FitFanFinder, now Fitify, which all came off as a coincidence. So to summarize like the going to market, at that point in time, we had the Indian company who was developing this minimum viable product kind of Tinder hook off, um, Tinder rip off. Yeah. And it was so hard to get them to build this app because I thought it would be like WordPress. You buy a WordPress theme, you put it out, you get hosting, you put it out and it's good to go. And I didn't realize how hard apps were and how hard coding these things actually are. Like it's crazy. And if we didn't have our tech co-founder, that thing never would have made its way. So it's not something you just uh, Google or YouTube how to. No, I, I guarantee not. if you did, you would get a shitload of results, but then you'd just be spinning your wheels, like how to you, make an you, app and you'd just be there like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you, you can't, you just couldn't do it yourself. And then the issue yeah. is when you put an app out, you got like bugs. Like, so everyone's experienced bugs in apps before, right? Yeah. So you got bugs. So we eventually got it to the app store as FitFam Finder. It was so hard. It took like, we were told like, I think eight to 10 days. And then we were told like eight to 10 weeks. And it ended up taking like four months or something. Wow. And um, yeah, till we finally got it onto the app store. And then when it got onto the app store, after you've gone through a whole bunch of testing, it's riddled with bugs. Like the whole thing is just absolutely chronically buggy and it was so embarrassing. And then you get like the shit reviews and the fucking yeah, oil, like, all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff, bro. So bad reviews, um, you know, because it was just Perth to begin with and that was our testing market. Everyone knew me. So I'm yeah. getting so many angry DMs or just people DMing me and it's so embarrassing, but we just had to keep on pushing through. Because when we launched that prototype, all we had to do was showcase that people would download the app, that yep. they would match and chat, and that a certain percentage of people would pay. That's all that we needed to showcase in the early days. And then what we knew we could do is we could bring that to an investor and then yep. we could say, hey, we have something here. We can help scale this thing out. So we had to go through that initial process. But during that process, um, again, through sheer coincidence, through our gym, um, as, as this hype or this chat about this fitness dating app started to come about, um, someone from the gym pulled me aside and said, hey, man, I'm actually friends with a former Bumble employee. Um, would you like to meet her? And she's based in Amsterdam. And I'm like, yeah, of course I want to meet her. So I linked up with her through Zoom. And, um, you know, we oh, I should have flown to Amsterdam, bro. 
Yeah, it was back before lockdown too. Yeah, should have um, truffles, bro. Yeah. Um, and um, I ended up, um, yeah, we ended up linking up and having a bit of a chat and asked her a whole bunch of questions. And she's like, hey, I can't really, like, I, I don't really know the answers to those. It wasn't my department, but I'm really tight with the ex-head of data analytics who was with Bumble for five years, basically from the conception to the sale. Do you want to meet her? And anyone who knows technology, like, Technology is a data-driven business. Like all of your business decisions literally just come from data. Like that's yeah. what it stems from about behavioral actions, what's working, what's not working. It literally comes from looking at dashboards and working about how you can improve the user experience. And she was the one who did that from Bumble from nothing to a $3 billion sale. And we were about to get introduced to this person. And I'm like, Jeez. this is insane. So we linked up with her and like, you know, just got along really well, had a bit of a chat, her and a business partner. And then, you know, we'd send her messages for advice and every couple of weeks we'd link up. And then I said to the guys, I'm like, hey, this is so uncanny that like one person in the world we want to know, you know, we've, we're connected to, you know, they love what we're doing. We've got a great, good, we've got a really good synergy in a team. We can't afford them at the moment because we just don't have that kind of capital in a startup stage. So why don't we ask them to come on board the company? We'll give them a share in the business. And um, we ended up pitching it to them and um, they agreed to it. And um, the oh, rest yeah. is history. It took a couple of months. And then as soon as the press release come out, um, that we had the former Bumble, like the former Bumble data team. Um, that was pretty much it. It was game on. We had investors within 12 hours. Fucking hell. Yeah. And, now and then the game starts, you know. Rocking and rolling. And now it's like how high on the app charts are we? Yeah, I do. I check. So you know how I used to say I used to check podcasting charts? Yep. Yeah. Now I check app charts like every day. So I check Shit. app charts. I check, I check everything every single day. And that's what I sort of look up and I look and, you know, downloads, um, downloads, subscriptions, like everything. So, so guys, that's um, Fitify now, by the way, if we haven't mentioned it enough, Fitify, if you're single <laughs> and you need a fit date. See, I don't need these things, man. As a married man, I, I'm like Bumble. That must be like, like what Tinder is. I only know Tinder just because of the fucking joke that it is. Um, <laughs> I've never had to use one. Oh, fuck. oh man. Thank God. Thank well, funny God. enough, I, I never did as well, right? Um, actually, actually I, uh, I, I was single from when I was 25 till I was 30 and yeah. I didn't like go on dates or anything. I just wasn't ready for it. Just didn't go on dates after a long-term breakup in my mid-20s. And then finally, I got closer to 30 and I was like, hey, man, it's probably time that you start putting yourself out there. But because I hadn't dated since I was 21, I didn't really know what to do or, you know, the, the world was different because, yeah. you know, there was no social media prior for me. Um, you know, there was definitely no dating apps. Um, I don't even think there was iPhones, to be honest. And then I read a book called Modern Romance by the comedian Aziz Ansari. Yeah. And there was this whole component on dating apps and how dating apps are the new nightclub because you know you've got like you just message people and i was like oh okay and he's like they're not as creepy as what they sound and i was like oh, okay so i got on this tinder app because everyone knows about it yeah and i was like you know i'm not going on here to go find love or a hookup or anything like i actually had no intention to hook up with anyone and i ended up um going on like a date a catch-up and i swear this girl thought like i was there to hook up or maybe like initially but i literally just wanted to go catch up so i could learn how to speak to someone face to face again like speak to a girl face to face she came from the fitness industry. We ended up doing some business like partnership stuff together. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. That's, that's classic fucking, Brendo. Yeah. Classic, classic fucking Brendo. Um, yeah. Right. Are we going to pivot back? I've got one question um, that we didn't, that we didn't cover. Um, we won't stay on it for too long because I feel like it could be like an hour long podcast on its own. Um, 
you've obviously you're obviously really good at creating your online presence, creating buzz. You've actually you sort of mentioned the the pray for rays and the Nathan Hannas and like the almost I wouldn't say for lack of a better term like harping on about things until it becomes a real thing. Um, Maybe dim sum. Yeah, you, you're good yeah. at that sort of thing. What yeah. do you see holding back most gyms and fitness professionals? Like, where are we going wrong? Um, with social media, like marketing. Yeah, I say I just like in general. Um, there'll be areas where certain people are going right, where certain people are going wrong, but. As a whole, when you look at it, what could um, fitness professionals be doing better? Uh, that's that's really broad, and you're right. That is uh, so. I'll I'll just stem it down to like social media or marketing because that's yep. probably where I can provide the most value. Yep. Um, so consistency, 100 percent number one, mm -hmm. and not understanding the psychology of why you post. So there's certain reasons why you want to. There's certain reasons why you want to post. So I see even if. Consistency is number one, right? Um, yep. Where people just won't post or they'll post sporadically. Um, so consistency is definitely number one. And then you just get um, lost in the feed, right? Uh, well, if you're yeah, not consistent so, with it. Yeah. So, well, you need to create that relationship and be always front of people's minds, right? Like when yep. it comes to that stuff, um, especially when you're in like a personal branding business, when, um, you know, personal branding business, when you want to be that person that's always seen. Um, so consistency for sure. Um, I'm going to give three actually. So consistency yep. one. The second one is the psychology of posting. So there's, uh, you've got to, you've got to think, okay, how, are, how is my target audience? How are the people that I want to reach? How are they going to perceive this? Is it going to be educational or informative? Is it going to be motivational or inspirational? Is it going to be funny or humorous? Or is it going to be entertaining? All, all of these need to be entertaining in yeah. some form, shape or form. Actually, so I, remember you talking, entertaining. You remember, I remember you talking to someone on your podcast. Um, it probably was a few episodes before I did one. Um, and he said exactly the same thing. I can't remember who it was, but it was like informative, entertaining. There was one more um, and it was pretty much exactly the same thing. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, I can't even remember who it was. Maybe Kim Barrett. Maybe. That I think rings they're a bell. marketing one. Yeah, could be. Yeah, he's uh, he's my coach actually. Not not for Instagram, but for yeah. just like marketing and business in general. He's one of my coaches. Yeah. Um, so consistency, handy. the reason why you're posting in the first place and the third one, what was the third one? You gotta be in stories, bro. Yeah. You have to. You have to put yourself out. And I don't mean let's just do videos of people in a gym and do a panoramic scan and then that's it. Yeah. So, all right, let's do a breakdown here really, really quickly. Somebody doesn't know about you. They're not aware. So, first of all, if you do a post and that's engaging, inspiring, it's shareable, and it's, and it's going out to new people through hashtags or being shared. There's going to be hundreds of people who see Smith Fitness or see whoever it is for the first time and go, oh, this looks interesting. And then they're going to click on your profile for the first time. Yeah. They're going to have a quick look at it. And within a few seconds, they're going to go, is this person relevant to me? And do I want to follow them? And if they're relevant, then, and, and they like, hey, this looks cool, then they're going to follow. Now they've officially entered in a relationship with you. So, Post the post sucks from there. I don't give a fuck about the post. What I care about is I care about the stories because at that stage, you're speaking in front of a camera, you're creating dialogue, you can do polls, you can do Q and A's. Um, you're getting them involved in the narrative of your life. You're bringing them into the Nathan Hannah's, the, the pray for rays, yep. vegan CrossFitters, the dim sums, all of this shit, the swimming to port to pub, the running, all of this stuff, the hitting a hundred kilo snatch, you're bringing people along that journey 
and they buy into it. And that's where you build trust and relationship. And occasionally when you have something, you can say, Hey guys, I have seven spots, 10 spots, whatever it is. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm giving away. Here's the deal. Hit us up if you can. And the people that know you built a relationship with you, trusted you through that component. They're the people that are going to drop in your inbox. Jab, it's jab, so- right hook, right? Yeah, I did. To be honest, I didn't even listen or follow. I got Gary V shoes, and I don't. I think I watched a, <laughs> I watched a behind the scenes thing of his for the first time in years the other day. I don't even get that through Gary V. Yeah. I literally get that from Mike. I didn't. I don't. I don't learn that from people except yeah. for that shit and hours and years that I spent with Perfect Fam, and I go, yeah. oh, that's how you make that work. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I like that. Consistency, reasoning, being stories. Being stories. I fucking up. like it. Um, I think we've covered everything I wanted to go over with you. I think this has been great. There's a lot of gold here for some uh, for anyone in the fitness industry. There's a few questions from uh, Instagram. A couple of them. Yep. I reckon I'm probably going to skip. First up, <laughs> how do people get Perth Fit Fam to come to an event? Oh, okay. Yep. Straight up. Um, we're actually going to have a media kit, but uh, they can contact the page and then I'll yep. put them in contact with Bree, who does our partnership managements. Too easy. Uh, who's going to dominate CrossFit now that Matt Fraser has retired? I said Ricky Garrard. Controversial. Uh, um, okay. So funny story. I really wanted Ricky to come back. So I saw Ricky compete in yep. um, regionals maybe twice, but when I saw him compete and I think he just qualified, I said then, he's going to be on the fucking podium because there was something different about him. And I think he came fifth (laughs) and I still said, I bet Ricky ends up on the podium. Um, And he did. So I not, I've never used Psalms. I've used steroids in the past. So I have experience with PEDs for sure. Um, And that was over 10 years ago, but I've never used Psalms, but I don't think that they would have given him enough performance enhancement that would have changed the results over that weekend. And I still think that he will be a front runner when he comes back. I'm so pumped that he's like, nah, fuck, I'm coming back. It would have been easy to just, you know, go off, be the guy that got, you know, the chop, run his gym and sort of just dwindle off. But I like that he's sort of getting out in front of it and he's just fucking owning it and he's coming, that sort of stuff. I'll fucking love it. That's good. I feel like he's dumb in real life, by the way. (laughs) Rugby league player. To speak to, to speak, yeah. Like, yeah, that's how I'm... People who get angry, because I'm from over east, right? So I grew up around rugby league players, yeah. and like that's just what I did. And um, and when people are like, "Oh, he's such a bogan, he's such a this," that's what I say. I go, "Dude, he's one of the he's one of the league boys. Like that's just what they're like. Like just chill out." Hey, as not a saying form- I agree with the P. Not as saying a former I agree rugby with the league PBS. boy, as a former rugby league boy, I'm offended. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one here, um, an- a- another couple from uh, Instagram, very broad ones, but like we don't need to we don't need to go over them or uh, spend too much time on them. Uh, what makes the Perth fitness scene so unique? I said it probably isn't. Uh, it is. It is. Yeah, it actually and, is. And to yeah, be yeah, fair, yeah. and this is, I did, I did think what would make it unique, um, and this is like really blowing smoke up your ass, is saying not everyone would have had the Perth Fit Fam, and that's probably something that does make the Perth fitness scene unique, and that's really like sucking you off, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's true. <laughs> so, so I can I can answer this really really well. Um, so Perth, I always say, and I said it on a podcast earlier today, 
Perth is big enough to make an impact, but it's not so big that you get lost in the crowd. Whereas in Sydney, there's pockets. So you've got Northern beaches, um, inner city suburbs, you know, um, the Shire, you've got all, all different sort of places and they're like little Perths of their own yep. and people don't really venture so much out. So you kind of get, you're, you're sucked into the, these pockets. Um, Perth, it doesn't really have that so much. Um, now, when people from over east come over here or they observe, they, they always say, hey, it seems like the Perth community is a lot more connected than we are. And the reason why that was, was because of Perth Fit Fam, because yeah. it was connecting I the Perth fitness I scene. Wanna, I didn't want to say that. But I didn't know it at the time. And then when I break it, especially now, I buy a lot of media and I look at different accounts and I know the data, especially Perfect Fam and its peak. I know what it did. Did you and ever I'm like, think about did you ever think about trying to do I think I might have did you try and do like fucking Sydney Fit Fam or Melbourne Fit Fam or anything like that? Yeah, it was something that I looked at. Um That's I so, wouldn't like so much work. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have the skill set for that because I didn't know publishing um, to yep. begin with. And if I did that, I would need to have writers in every single you location those, and content those creators. Buy those yeah, yeah, I've got them all. Yeah. I, yeah, I have them all, bro. Bro, bro. <laughs> I, I was one way ahead of that. I still own them. I yeah. still own them all. Yes. Shit, how much more for so that one? If if that if if the FitFam brand ever reached its peak, yeah. the way that would look is the urban list of the fitness scene. So fit, I, and I own FitFam.com.au. I should probably sell it. It's probably worth quite a few grand. Yeah. But um, I own FitFam.com.au. The way that I would do that is all separate pages for each city and content related to each city that directs back to that page. That would be like the biggest possible outcome for that brand. So we need basically you to find the you in every other capital city. Yeah. connect with you and the, yeah and then the issue with that is um the revenue model needs to come through advertising and advertising isn't the greatest revenue model be, uh, actually maybe it will become better that facebook um and the apple privacy things coming in so it makes targeting a bit harder um but that would be such a big ship to run and oh, yeah. i'm not that keen i would i was <laughs> never that keen to take that on once i looked at it because we went over and we started the sydney fit fam and a bit of other stuff yeah and once i looked at it i went Oh no, this is this is big. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, too big. Fuck. Yeah, no shit. All right, man. Um lastly, congratulations as an expecting father. I know you Thank have you. mentioned it and I and I have sort have made a point to make sure that I congratulate you. Um how long till Bub is here? Uh, it was 19 weeks yesterday, so we have the 20 week scan uh, mm-hmm. next week, so the 8th of July, bro. Everything's all going good. I hope he's going good. She was looking oh, yeah. nice. She's she's starting to she oh she lost three kilos when she got pregnant, and she's like, "What the hell?" And I'm like, "Well, you got another bean sucking on these um, nutrients, you know." <laughs> are um, you so finding? Lo- are you finding out whether it's a boy or girl? No, no. no. So yeah, it, we're no, only one. Dice. Yeah, one baby, one baby, yep. one dog, and yep. um, we're not going to find out. So I'm going to find out as it comes out, as this little baby comes out of a pool. Yeah. Have you? Um... I think oh, that, I was by on... the way, just in case people are like, what the hell is he talking about? It's water birth. <laughs> um, is the name going to be Sunny if you hit that 100 kilo snatch at, uh, at Ant's um, rookie uh, weightlifting comp? Uh, I think I'm going to do that, by the way. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, Have you done I think one before? No, never. And when I saw you tag me in and I was like, because you know how I said, like I, like I had no plans on doing anything this year. Yeah. I looked at that and I went, oh, Oh yeah, I do have unfinished business with that stuff. Probably going to be so training it I anyway. 
uh, well, I haven't degree. been. I've been doing more CrossFit. So yeah. I think that I probably will do that event and I probably will hit the snatch there. Um, so with names, um, I, I, we did start to look and, um, uh, and like more so early on, we have, she said, she said no to Sonny, by the way, because yeah, she goes, yeah, she's yeah. always going to think Sonny Webster whenever she looks at him. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Sonny's cool. Um, I just thought Sonny McCormack sounded great, but um, we haven't even talked about it. So yeah, yeah don't know. Um, lastly, this was a question from uh, one of our members, Zach. He said, what is your strain going to look like when the bub comes along on the old whoop band? Uh, I, I don't know what to expect. Hey, yeah. I don't know. I didn't grow up around kids and yeah. my sister has four kids, but she lives in New Zealand now. And um, I, I, I haven't lived with my family for half of my life. And yeah. so I was never around having kids. So I actually don't know what to expect. So what I'm, and, and what I'm looking forward to is um, that's just that first moment. Mm-hmm. And then also that moment when you come home, cause we're going to the birthing center. So you basically are out within four to six hours Yeah. and I'm just intrigued to know what it's going to be like when I look down in this little cot or bassinet and there's this little freshly baked dim sum, just like potato. And I'm just <laughs> like, wow, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. I'm still like that. I'm still like yeah. that. Minus three and one, man. So now you'll love it. And if it's like anything else that you do, bro, you'll kill it. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All good. I'm going to stop the potty now. Is there anything else that you want to say, Brendo? No, man. I think I'm all good. Um, I don't like it at the end doing like sales pitches and come by my course and shit like that. So man, if people are following me, they're following you. They know everything that yeah. you do anyway, dude. So if there's, if there's something that, like I've said, that has um, helped out someone or whatever, or anyone wants to chat, they can hit me up. But outside of that, just fucking like give us a high five if you see us, you know? Sweet. Thanks, bro. Share the love. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Brendo, for your time.